Welcome to the Green Element Podcast, where we meet business leaders and innovators transforming their operations to be more environmentally and socially sustainable, and in the process, help you on your journey of sustainability. I'm your host, Will Richardson. Today, we're speaking with Samantha Cooper, Director for Business Declares, of which both Green Element and Compare Your Footprint are members. They raise awareness across the business sector of the imperative to accelerate action to address climate change, biodiversity loss and social injustice. Samantha has a master's in chemistry from the University of Oxford and is currently studying Tibetan Buddhism. Samantha left BP in 2015 to find a more fulfilling path. She has been using her corporate experiences to help organisations in two areas, social impact and the hugely challenging low-carbon transition. Samantha, welcome. Hi, Will. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast today. No problem. Thank you for joining us. Could you tell us about your journey from the oil industry into sustainability? And was there a particular aspect of your previous work that drove you into the sustainability sector? That is a great question. And I'll try not to share. I could talk about this for hours, so I'll try and be succinct. Um, I think I I fell into the um, oil industry coming out of university. Um, I found myself in oil trading. Um, I studied chemistry and I really enjoyed the fast pace of of trading. And really, it was a puzzle to solve. And and through that time, I I was was quite good at it, quite an obsessive character. Um, But suddenly I found myself 15 to 20 years later fully entrenched um, in the oil market, really defined myself by my work. Um, Working at BP, uh, we'd had the Macondo oil spill, and we were really just starting to see some of the the stories of uh, of climate emerging. And I think it's um, fair to say I had a kind of midlife crisis in the sense that I really realized that what I I was doing was so far aligned from um, what felt like a purpose. I actually read Brené Brown and it said, if you are, are distant from your purpose, it can actually feel like, like grief. And, and, the, and it, really, it really sort of struck me in, into my core that um, I wasn't really doing something that I, I really felt aligned with. Um, and I'd actually say it was probably through mindfulness that I actually found some space and time to really think about what I wanted to do and realise that, that life was now and not in five years' time, I always in the future, I was going to do the things that I said I was going to do. So I, I, I BP were great. Um, I was a good lever. Uh, I left in, in very good terms with them. Um, but I started to uh, mentor as part of um, the ARC scheme, um, business in the community. And I just started to meet amazing people through the Impact Hub Network that were doing amazing things in, in, in social justice, um, in equality, and in climate. And, and I felt 10 years younger and realized that I wanted to take a path where I could really learn, learn from people that were doing amazing things and just keep learning and seeing where I could possibly give back. I, I just find BP really interesting in the fact that when they had um, Lord Brown there, he was such a driving force for renewables and um, I think it was a real loss when he was asked to leave um, because you saw that beyond petroleum and the fact that you were one of the biggest renewable energy producers in the world for photovoltaics at the time. And it was a real kind of driving force in, in the sustainability world, I guess. 
and they took a different path. Absolutely right. They they were ahead of their time, and unfortunately, with business, timing was everything, and and there wasn't the foresight then to realise that they were on the right path. Um, I still have great connections with BP. I think they've got a very very difficult transition, and. They are, are, are definitely doing what they can to try and transition, but there, there are huge challenges um, on the way, as we know. Tell us a bit about Business Declares. and We've delved into a tiny bit of the purpose, but what is the purpose and who do you work with? I'd say our purpose is evolving, um, just as the, the, the pace of change of the climate news and the climate story is, is, is you know, changing day by day. Um, we came about in uh, April 19, um, after the IPC report which sparked the the climate strikes, Greta Thunberg, Extinction Rebellion. And um, it was a letter to the Times um, from some senior business leaders uh, led by John Elkington, um, who's been a master in the space for a long time. And it really is born out of believing that business, um, you know, plays a critical role in tackling the climate and ecological emergency. And I think at that time, um, Extinction Rebellion, some factions of Extinction Rebellion were still concerned about seem to be working with business. Um, and and we sort of uh, still work closely with them, but very much are led by um, business leaders from across, you know, FTSE 100, um, SMEs, um, B Corp, um, all, all, all manner of different organizations who really want to partner with business. And I'd say in those early days, yeah, the tagline was very much about raising awareness for business to act and also uh, explain that not only is it the right thing for people and planet, but also to future-proof the business. And I'd say where we are now, in, in a good way, I think climate is, is virtually the heart of almost every conversation um, business leaders are having. And so we'd probably say we're less about raising the awareness and um, we've moved um, much more. Certainly, we still champion those organizations that are declaring a climate and ecological emergency. And we, we share their stories. Um, we hope to inspire by action that has been taken, by bold action. Um, and once, um, mem- once a company becomes a member of Business Declares, um, such as Compare Your Footprint, um, you know, you're part of a network where you can share those stories and learn from others. And we absolutely believe that collaboration is is critical um, to the huge changes that we need to make. I think we also are really there to support action, amplify action. And businesses come to us at, at, at every stage they may be on the journey. Um, we ha- we're open to small and large businesses. And the key is um, be willing to take authentic action. And so we find very small companies can often be overwhelmed by the task, don't know where to start, can't afford consultancy. And so we look to advise, be a bridge to um, organizations that are out there. Um, we, you know, we signpost such as Compare Your Footprint that will offer free uh, measurement services to smaller organizations. Um, and so we really feel that it's very complex as a spaghetti soup of, of acronyms out there. So we very much like to help um, provide that, that, those steps to action. Um, I then think the, 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 uh, the next area um, is very much about having the hosting, the difficult conversations, being open to the complexity and really also championing businesses that are there to say, this is really difficult. 
this is an area that we, we're really struggling to overcome. You know, we, we've got the whole complexity of scope three. We've got a lot of solutions that aren't really out there. The difficulty in getting offsets that are, you know, or, or certified offsets. And so we really are welcoming. And I'd say that we, we um, champion businesses and support conversations that are probably on, on the edgier side. We're much more uh, nervous of companies say, yeah, we're all sorted. We've got our 2050 net zero plan. No worries. That, that, would, that would be a concern. Um, and we'd much rather hear of the difficulties and where, where further collaboration and solutions are needed. Um, and then the next piece, and this is especially uh, key, I'd say, for larger organizations, is, is advocacy. We absolutely know that politics and regulatory change is, is often driven by, by business and uh, political decisions will be taken if they feel there is business backing. So we really like to galvanize a, a resounding voice from business that they are really pushing for faster, clearer regulatory change that supports faster than, than, than Paris Agreement and, and really will keep not just the UK, but, but the globe within 1.5, if that is possible, uh, or two degree warming. And so we really know that businesses want to find a way to come together so that their voice is really, really part of this call for action. Do your members get together? I mean, do you, have you seen any kind of collaboration? I'd say yes and no. Um, we've seen great collaboration in our members actually informing our work or helping us fill a gap. So for a, a perfect example is around digital, our digital footprint. It's growing exponentially. Um, its impact is now larger than, than aviation or shipping. And that was uh, aviation pre-COVID levels. And we really felt, saw that there weren't um, any really good resources for companies to go to, to really look at how they, um, they and their employees could tackle their digital footprint. And so we worked with one of our, our members, Holgrain Digital, who helped us, um, well, were instrumental in putting their expertise together. And we now have a free open source resource, which is our digital declutter for business. So I think that's a really good example of where actually it's the knowledge and expertise of members that comes in and then helps inform our body of work. But definitely for us, the next step would be improving those those nodes of support and that web where it's not just business declares that reaches out to members, but members connect with each other as well in sharing solutions. And, and actually, um, and you're part of this on Thursday, we have an annual members check-in where we're absolutely going to be exploring how we can, how we can do more of that. Um, and especially now as our membership is growing, we're really gonna, going to need for the members to, to come alive in, in um, helping uh, grow the movement and, and share solutions. Brilliant. We've, um, we've actually had Tom from Hellgrain. He was one of our first guests, actually, um, almost three years ago, talking about what he's doing. He's absolutely, um, Hellgrain Digital, brilliant. I have not read his book, but um, he, is, he is amazing. And as you know, he's spoken um, for us as well. And he's, he's, that, he's got that amazing ability to be an absolute expert in his field be able to speak in a way that brings a subject alive to, to people like me that know pretty much nothing about website design. So yeah, he's, he, you know, he's, he's a true, true force. And that's what the, that's what the book's very good at. It's, um, it's actually very well written. You know, when friends or um, people, you know, 
um, you see that they've got a book out. And I actually said this to Tom. Yeah, I'll start. I'll try and read it. Because um, you kind of... They're, they're, they're all right. But actually, it's you just it's quite hard to read. His wasn't. His was actually quite enjoyable to read. And I, I was quite blown away by how easy it was and how enjoyable it was as well. Well, that is the nudge to me that I'm, I must read it. Um, I also, we're doing, um, we're actually doing event business declares and whole grain digital with um, the B Corp, the B Lab have got a global, global climate summit. So June the 30th, there will be a chance for people. Um, it's 3.30, I think on June the 30th to, to plug in and listen to Tom and get his uh, bite-sized overview of all, all the things we've got in the digital toolkit and how people can take steps themselves. So fantastic. Now, there's a strong emphasis on having a no-judgment attitude on the Business Declares website. What was the dr- driver behind this point? And have you found more businesses engaging with you as a result of this? It came from Cook, I think. They were, when Cook joined, well, when Cook were thinking of joining us, they, you know, they were really clear. And I think, it, and it was such a point that we, we understood and really took on board that everybody is on a journey. And I think nobody can claim to have all the answers, especially the more complex your business. We understand businesses need to make a profit. They need to pay their employees. So this is not something, as we said earlier, where people can say, I've got the answers all done. Um, and people didn't want to join us and declare and see that as, as something then that they can be pulled down by someone go, ah, yeah, but you still blah, blah, blah. And and certainly for Cook, they're absolute champions in in the food space but they also talk and i think riverford our, our, our newest member also really talk about some of the uncomfortable truths um be it around um if we all ate um chicken that was that was free range um actually is, is that possible is there enough land is it are these things possible and and so we really liked that wording and we found that since then other companies have really wanted to take it on board and we're all about authentic action. Um, and I think that does really embody saying we're there to learn. And as we know, the situation is changing very rapidly. The climate science is changing rapidly. And what might have been appropriate behavior even a year ago, quite quickly may, may not feel appropriate. No, absolutely. And when communicating and I guess engaging staff, suppliers and customers with your mission and purpose um could you tell us a bit about how you do that because that's a big part of what you do isn't it that is that's a great question our first step um for someone to become a member is really for us to verify that from from the leadership of the company the core of the company there's a genuine authentic wish to take this transition journey and we do have we're part of the race to zero and and we ourselves have these well, I'd say fairly strict criteria, which is um, that they will measure scope one and scope two emissions, look to be net zero by 2030, where at all possible. We're also very co- conscious of net, meaning that isn't just you can plant some trees and carry on with business as normal, um, but really look at um, w- where emission reduction is possible first, and then that um, offsets are permanent and um, ad- additive. But these, these in themselves and understanding scope three are, are huge. And as you say, what we really need to do then is actually for organizations that haven't done that already, and especially for organizations that can't afford 
expensive consultancy, as we've talked about. We really um, look at what resources are available and signpost resources for measurement, um, which companies can help them do that. And we also share stories and transition plans from other companies that have already done this. It's almost a step-by-step guide of saying, this is how you start. This is the organization we think can help you. This is the resource available. Um, and these are the steps, steps you can take. And so we also, and we're growing our volunteer network, but we'll also, if there was a specific question a company has, we'll then try and find within our network someone that they can go to for, say, a 30-minute conversation, um, particularly if they're struggling on an aspect um, of, of reducing their emissions or their supply chains. And we've got various experts in different industries. We've got Safia Mine, who was the founder of People Tree and is very focused on fashion and supply chains and worked with Fairtrade. We've got Ben Tolhurst, who's a director at JLL, so he very much understands the built environment. Um, and Sonal Jane is also one of our sustainability advisors. So we really try and have people that they can talk to um, and, and as a sounding board um, and develop their ideas. Or we would partner them with, with people within our, our membership base, as you say. But we don't claim to have the answers. Um, it's incredibly complex. I see a lot of my job is, is keeping on top of all the initiatives out there. Um, as we know, there's a lot of co- uh, collaboration in the space. There's also a lot of um, companies merging. There's a lot of organizations um, that are, are coming together and really being able to explain what is happening out there. So companies are a bridge, to be a bridge to all the different initiatives so that they can they can save time in accessing what they need quickly and easily. It is hard. I think once you're on the journey, it's actually easier. Um, I may be speaking out of turn here, but I, I kind of feel that watching people, I think once they kind of that light bulb moment goes and they go, actually, this is just good for business. This isn't this isn't something that is going to take up loads of our time and take us away from our core business. This will be a part of our core business. And um, that those resources you're talking about, I think are incredibly important because in reality, and I remember starting 20 odd years ago and thinking by 2020, I'll be completely out of a job. Um, there's no reason why anyone would be using consultants by then because everyone will be doing it for themselves and the office manager in a smaller organization will just know, will just basically do everything because it's it will be a part of the job. Obviously, that hasn't happened. I still hope that it does happen, but I think that it will be accelerated by what you're talking about and organizations like you because we really need to not be reliant on people um, and consultants, but we need to be reliant on each other. So, so wise what you're saying. It so resonates. We we say that business declares his whole long-term vision is just not to be, not to be necessary. But but you you're 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 completely right. I'd actually say the situation is becoming more complex. Um, I still think very simple um, guidelines to the, the climate science and, and the most important things that we can do to affect our our own footprint and as a business aren't, aren't well understood. And um, so, yeah, consultants like you are absolutely necessary and instrumental in, in helping businesses. And I do think 
yeah, you definitely aren't going to be talking yourself out of a job because certainly small organizations, they don't expect to be able to be fully experts at accountancy or law. You know, they would often outsource to experts on this. And I think that's exactly the same with climate. That the, the the pace of change is so fast that somebody within an organization can't be expected to be doing this on top of their day job. Um, uh, you know, it, I, I, you're, you're trying to keep on top of this all day, every day. And, and, and the, the amount of information coming at us is just absolutely enormous. I know I'm starting to have to carve out time in the week to do research and read and because I'm starting to become out of, I'm just being honest, I'm starting to become out of date in stuff. And it's very quick to become out of date as well, which is the worrying part. I'm really glad you say that. Uh, because I think one thing we do, we question ourselves all the time at Business Declares about our mission. And what, you know, rather than just easing our conscience, are we really making a difference? How can we make a difference? And And exactly that, just keeping on top of the various initiatives. And I think the level of expertise for every sector is needing to get greater and greater as the complexity of, of genuine solutions, um, you know, it, it is moving on. And so absolutely trying to decide which are the key books to read. And, um, uh, you know, it, 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 it's huge, isn't it? Um, and that's why I think this collaboration is hugely important for us to say, well, I don't know that, but I think the person that you can go to that can help you is is x but then on the other hand i don't think anybody has the answers no absolutely which is which is another you know it's much better for be aware of our, our our gaps and our, our lack of understanding in certain areas um but i don't think there's anyone that can put the hand up and say we've we've got this we've got this no, i had a meeting yesterday with a large company and they came to us because they'd heard i think they'd listened to podcasts or something i don't know and um i was a bit like you know, I know you really want me to lead on this, but there's absolutely no way I will do a good job. Go and speak to this person in this company because actually, they'll do it. They'll just do it better. They'll, they'll do it better. Basically, I was a bit like, uh, you will literally get a really rubbish job done if you ask me to do it. You may like me, but no point. And I think it's that honesty that we probably need to be having with people because even if you do something that's similar to another organization if you're not best fit for that then actually why not just recommend other people and I think business is changing in that way because I think that's happening more and more because people are recognizing that actually as it from a business point of view by me recommending Andy from um, Seismic Changes actually means that he will very likely recommend us as well so when we you end up working in your sweet spot through referrals which makes a lot more sense yeah so that that is absolutely true i've i've i kind of now i'm more into this climate space and finding that companies who are really authentic and have this at the core of the business there's such a generosity as well i mean with our members um including yourself, the, the amount of time that is offered for free, there's no question of what's in it for me, and the open source sharing, um, but also really understanding that businesses have to pay their people and pay their way. So it's a, it's a really difficult balance. And, and also exactly right, being able to say, you know, I'm just not an expert at that. Um, I'd love to learn about it, but I'm not the right person to lead. And I think that is, it's, it's brilliant. And that kind of attitude is, is what is going to get the changes that we need, just as the attitude of business is being able to say, I think the, 
the old industrial leaders of the past that said, I know what's going to happen in the next 10, 20 years. Here's my business plan. I know the answers. It's starting to wear thin. People, people know that that isn't the case. Um, we have to be looking at risks. We have to be understanding the various things that are coming our way. I mean, COVID has been the perfect example. We know that um, the, we're in an ecological unbalance, um, 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 but we don't know exactly how that's going to play out. So for all of us to say we don't know the answers, but we're going to work our way through as best we can is, um, is hugely important. You mentioned your volunteer network. If anyone listening to this would like to become a volunteer, how would they do that? And are you a registered charity, not-for-profit, or and how does it all fit together? Um, so we're, we're completely volunteer-led, um, not-for-profit. We run on, on a donation basis. We do have one permanent paid staff member who we've just very excited. We've just taken on as part of the government Kickstarter scheme. So it's great. We've been able to give a young person an opportunity to work with us. Um, but we really, on the, in terms of the volunteering, we are really flexible. We have three directors. Um, we have uh, non-executive, non-executive directors. And then we, we have a core team of about 10 of us who... Um, run various elements of events, the website, social media. Um, and we, we get together every couple of weeks and have strategy meetings and people will run with various aspects of that. But then we have our, our wider team of experts who I think we, um, who I kind of mentioned before, um, people who work in, in organizations in sustainability and offer their time, be it two hours a month, now, anything upwards from two hours a month but it is absolutely welcome, whether that's helping onboard new members, helping with climate transition plans, being involved in events. So I would say just get in touch, um, Samantha at businessdeclares.com. Um, and also for any, any organizations interested in, in becoming a member, um, info at businessdeclares.com. Really do, do get in touch. Um, and we're there for sort of big and small organization and, and for all volunteers who may have some time that they want to give, either as part of their employee volunteering scheme or separate as, as an individual. The fact that you're all volunteer-led, your growth plan must be that you are going to be paid at some point. I'd say that all of us are seeing this as something that is additional to what might be other source of income. And we really didn't want to have the complexity at any point okay. of, um, of this being something that we're, we're trying to monetize. So we are donation-led. Um, so organizations that we've, we, we've worked with where we've given uh, webinar, uh, tailor-made webinars, and for our member organizations that feel in a position to donate, we take donations. But that purely funds um, interns um, and the website and any kind of uh, – digital costs that we may have and we don't look any of us any of the uh, the directors or the leaders to take a, a wage from this at any point what that does mean is um um that we often have we have a sort of uh, a core number of volunteers but also we have a fluid number of volunteers so during covid and um last summer during our furlough scheme we had some fantastic climate consultants that came in um we had um, a fantastic um, guy from BP who was on sabbatical 
which wasn't part of the furlough scheme, but on sabbatical who came and worked with us for five months. So we do have people that really come in and commit a period of time and then perhaps become part of our wider alumni, but move back into a, a full paid job. And then we have people that just volunteer time outside of their working week as, as and when they can. Um, and I'm in a lucky place now that I can be a full-time volunteer. Okay, cool. Brilliant. And I guess understanding the environmental impact of you as an organisation, is that something that you have looked at? It's been a brilliant journey for us and the digital toolkit has been amazing. So, And we have other companies that say the same as, as our organisation, which may, well, really, we just all work from home. We have video calls, so let's not look at our own impacts. Um, this is much more about what we're going to do out there. And then, yeah, and we, when we talk about being on the edge of difficult conversations, we've been right there on the edge of a difficult conversation. Our website um, was designed by one of our one of our members, fantastic organisation called Leap. It was um, hosted through WordPress, and it was much more environmental. But really, for us, we couldn't go in and update it. Um, easily and it became quite clunky and expensive for us to update and as we've kind of explained before we run on a very small budget so our website moved to Squarespace which is has much lower environmental credentials or certainly I don't want I don't want to be careful here they may have changed but certainly at the uh, at that time they weren't so clear on where the, where their hosting sites are and so again that was that was a difficult decision that we took to actually know that we were maybe making our website um, less um, hosted in a less environmental way, but we wanted to make more impact by being able to meet, reach more people with an up-to-date message. But we were then very mindful in working through Tom's recommendations, how to make the website have a much lower footprint, removing videos that are no longer um, needed, re reducing pop-ups, no autoplays. So in our own... Um, way that we are uh, exist we're really aware um turning off videos on zoom calls if you don't need to be sharing videos and you're not looking at each other and talking um again there're just lots of things that when you're working from home you can do to still improve your footprint i think we're all very aware of trying to recycle and and not eat meat and switch to uh, a, a renewable energy supply but there's a lot more things that all of us can do while we're working and in our own households to reduce our uh, reduce our footprints in your opinion, what is the biggest caveat to a low-carbon transition? Right. Well, I, I tend to always, it's a huge question, but I think it's, I'm just reading Jason Hickel, um, his amazing Less is More book. But I, I think we're caught in a whole structure of, of, of uh, the global economy based on growth. And all companies are, are there to grow and make more and more profit, and that profit gets invested back into growth. And ultimately, to live within planetary boundaries, and I'm not just talk, talking about the carbon budget, but the ecological boundaries and for social equality, we need to have a talk to say that, and you know, Kate Rayworth has spoken very clearly about this. Many countries in the global south need, need to raise their... Um, their infrastructure and, and, and their demands on the planet to get within what is a minimum uh, structure to live a, an equitable life. But most of very, very advanced countries are not advanced in the fact that we're way over our resource use. 
But I think there really needs to be a global rethink about what it means to what it means to be a business. Um, what profit is is beyond profit that is needed, and how we really reset to live within the boundaries. And that takes it's hugely complex, and it takes you know companies that are are needing to make a dividend and pay a dividend are are doing very high carbon activities to pay that dividend. Um, and try and transition at the same time. And these are really uncomfortable truths. Um, and so uh, really looking to really question sort of GDP and those measures and that growth question and actually look at what is important for people and and, um, and health and we really assess what wealth means. Mm. Is there any advice that you could give our listeners on what to do from listening to your members and talking to people what's what would be your one piece of advice I'm you gonna offer? echo what you what you said earlier about how it feels better to start and I I would say if you're sitting there and you're not sure where to start come onto our website look at some resources uh Tom from Holgrain shared a spreadsheet that he used just to start to measure don't think that to start you need to get it 100% right. Just consider your footprint, start to measure your emissions, and then there are a wealth of people out there that can help you look to reduce. So I'd say just start taking some steps, reach out to us, and really there are no stupid questions. Nobody knows, knows the answers. Um, and, and as you said before, your employees and your ability to attract talent on a future basis is really going to depend on the fact that you're starting to look like you're taking the steps to future proof for your business and do the right thing for your for the for the, for the people on the planet brilliant brilliant thank you samantha thank you so much for joining us today you've asked some great questions and i'm sure i'm going to go away thinking of some all the things i should have said but it's been real pleasure to talk to you um thank you again And thanks for listening to the Sustainable Business Podcast. If you want to learn more about sustainable business and talk to other like-minded professionals, why not join our online community at sustainabilitysolved.org. Join now and find a space to collaborate, learn and inspire others to become more environmental. And if you enjoy the podcast, make sure you subscribe so you get every episode. And don't forget to follow Green Element on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram.